cheese, and we get really high. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Weed of Time podcast, where Rand has slickness, Perrin has thickness, and Matt is down with the sickness. <laughs> I'm the shame of Tarvalon, and I am here with my husband slash co-host slash father of my child, Dengus Khan of Tarvalon, and we are here to talk to you about the Wheel of Time. We've got spoilers for the book series and the TV show now, so once again, we do urge you to make responsible choices. For which we will not be liable. We will not be liable. It's in the contract, it's all laid out. I dare anybody to find us to sue us. Don't do that. Like, don't, don't do it. Do not do wish it. that on us. No, Thank you. but like, we've been, we've been smart. Um, okay. Shaitan's lettuce and munchies. So dang, it's the same day as our last episode. You smoked more of the same stuff, correct? Mm-hmm. So he smoked wedding cake, which is an indica dominant hybrid. And it is 31.4% THC, which is why dang is blitzed as fuck. It is juicy. Yeah. I'm. I'm feeling juicy. <laughs> feeling juiced? <laughs> juiced. Goosed. Yeah. That's a different thing. <laughs> that is a different thing. Um, <laughs> I am once again pregnant, so no smoking. Um, do we have any impressions between our last episode and now? I had really good nachos. He did have very good nachos at my urging. They were delicious and... I, I stole some. They were they were very yummy. It made me feel good about my life. You yeah. Know? Um, <coughs> so there's that. Yeah. So our current <coughs> snacks, we, we have candy canes. <coughs> and Shame has some water with a lemon slice. Nice. Because she... And I have emphysema. He does have emphysema. But drinking water's hard. Um... <laughs> Okay, so we're here to talk about episode four of The Wheel of Time on Prime. So we are here to get down to business. So The Weed of Prime. The Weed of Prime. Don't see us. <laughs> um, so, sorry, I had a burp. Um, okay, episode four started with a flashback to Logan. Which, okay, right off the top, and this is going to be a theme for me this episode... Cool. I like this. Yeah. Episode four was, I found overall an uptick in our feelings on the show. I would say it's the first episode I enjoyed. Yeah. Episode like, four like, hit oh, some shit correctly. Enjoyed. Yeah. But, you know, the Logan sequence was really cool. The weaves were very cool. Showing the taint on the weaves. The taint great. on the weaves. So, like, them turning black. The fucking faces behind him with the, the voices, voices of and the things. Madness. Yeah. That was all very, very cool. And Visually I, great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought that playing Loghain as a sympathetic character, like him sparing the King of Gildon and stuff, was a very interesting choice that makes him a more compelling character. Mm-hmm. Especially because long-term, like the first three books of the series, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's a villain. Mm-hmm. But we never really see him. Yeah. And then he enters the books and... He's just a sad, and, and sad he- man. You kind of feel bad for him, and then he kind of picks himself up and gets back into it, and in in, in some pretty compelling ways. And you mm-hmm. want really want to root for Logan mm-hmm. by the end, right? And it starts with the rooting for him in some nice ways off the cuff, which is nice. Like like getting unstilled, mm-hmm. um, ungentled. Thanks, Nynaeve. And so I I think it's nice that they're starting with we like him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, he really does seem to genuinely think he's the dragon reborn. And, and he wants really to does, do He wants to do well. It. Yeah. No. Nope. Absolutely. 
and w- we see him be merciful to the king mm-hmm. in a very, very cool scene. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically, everything they did with the prologue mm-hmm. looked great. It did. It looked really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because that was an area where they had a little bit of free reign because we don't have that information. We know the general kind of things that happen yeah. with Loghain and Gildon, but... It was interesting to see what they did with what was kind of a blank slate and kind of loose Absolutely. outlining. Loose milk. <laughs> Got any loose milk? <laughs> if we were doing episode titles on these, I would, I would make that an episode title. Um, okay. So we finish the prologue and we switch over to Moraine with the Aes Sedai. Uh, Moraine's getting healed because obviously she's like kind of dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Kareen. Kareen? Karina. Karina. Healing. Healing Moraine. Um, It's her healing her, right? Yes. Yeah. I think it would have been cool to have a yellow, or a member of the yellow Aja there to heal Moraine. We know they're around because it was a member of the yellow Aja getting burned at the stake by the White Cloaks. That's true. Um, I think it would have been cool because we get a lot of background on the red and the green Mm -hmm. Aja and a little bit on the blue, like a tiny bit on the blue. They're just spies. They're just spies. But um, the red Aja, we figure out what their purpose is. The green Aja, we figure out what their purpose is. And it would have been really easy to have one member of the yellow Aja there when we know we have all these different tents and stuff. Mm -hmm. Have them heal it. And then, boom, we also learn what the yellow Aja is for. I think that was a cool world-building opportunity that was missed. Mm -hmm. I I will say, though... The world building finally very slowly felt like in this episode it was starting to expand. Mm-hmm. Because getting... we encounter people from a bunch of different areas and things like that. Yes, we also get to see warders and their eyes to die a little more, get mm-hmm. a little bit of background on that. And not just Moraine and Lan, who we acknowledge have a weird relationship mm-hmm. compared to a normal eyes to die and their warders, especially like a green with their warders. But like seeing Lan and Steppen mm-hmm. practice the, mm-hmm. the poses together. Yeah. The forms. The forms. That was very, very cool. Um, I kind of liked having all the different combinations of Aes Sedai mm-hmm. uh, interacting with each other alone. Yeah, with, like, with the shielding Logan of Logan. While shielding. Yeah. That was a cool way to play it. I, it, it did seem to get a little tedious for me, mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. Um, if it had uh, gone on any longer, it definitely would have gotten tedious. tedious. Yeah. Um, I thought the way that they did the visuals for the shield on Loghain, like when Moraine comes in, she's like, let me share your burden. Mm -hmm. I thought that that looked really cool. Mm -hmm. It was very close to how Rand described being shielded, like feeling like you're encased in this very tight kind of outfit Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Almost a little bit like the three O's, actually. Um, Like your skin feels tight for a while. But I thought it was a really, really cool visualization Mm -hmm. of that. And I thought that was really well done, especially when um, we even started to like break out of it and things. I'd like to go on record as saying I hate that bitch, Leandrin. Always. I have some thoughts on Leandrin, which we'll get to. Okay. Um, so we then switched to Rand and Matt's plot line. So they're like, we can hide in the barn. And they're like, bitch, you can't because we already see you. And mm. Rand's like, I'm so sorry. We haven't been entirely honest with you. We were planning to do this. And they're like, in exchange for work, yes, that's fine. He's like, thank you very much. And from that, I start to get sweet baby boy Rand energy, mm-hmm. which I like. We're starting to get Joshua into, or feeling like he's in the Rand role, and that makes me happy because I haven't super been feeling not really that no. super hardcore. Like I, Matt has been clicked in for me since like very early on. Egwene and I, Nave, have been in there. Perrin, 
Perrin looks great as Perrin, but we haven't gotten to see much depth of his character yet. We start to get more of this in this episode with him mm-hmm. interacting with the Tuathon, but up till now he has felt very shallow, but part of that is like, it's not his fault. It's because of what's been written. Yeah. His wife died and we haven't seen any display of emotion from Error. him even. Like, but that's what's getting written. Mm-hmm. Um. Still on Rand and Matt's plot line, mm-hmm. Rand pukes up Mashadar. He is down with the sickness. Matt does. I said Rand, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, Matt. Rand and Matt's plot line, Matt's puking up Mashadar. Um, Tom thinks that Matt can channel, <laughs> which is funny because he's saying it to Rand. It's so funny because he's saying it to mm-hmm. Rand. The irony. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to eat the hook part of the candy cane. Yeah, he, he's um, devouring it. Um, but yeah. The puking up Mashadar is an interesting choice. I see how it works as a visual to show him getting sick and show that there's something wrong with him. And it's part of the reason why he's acting how he's acting. I, I would have been fine with that being a goop. Mm-hmm. Same way that it was in the main sort of thing, though. He just acts like a bitch for a while. Mm-hmm. But I think, especially this early on, and especially having had so little character development before the dagger... It makes sense to show that there's something wrong with Matt, mm-hmm. which is why he's acting the way he's acting. Um, otherwise, people would just write him off completely. Uh, the Birgitta doll. Oh, nice touch. It was cute. I liked that little bit of world building in there. Um, I thought the doll was adorable, and it was a really cute interaction that Matt had with a young girl. And like, I preferred that daughter interaction <laughs> to the one in the books. The actual Els Grunewald. Yeah. Where she just has her uncomfortable moments with her aunt. Yeah, where she's like, hello. Mm-hmm. And he's like, your dad's around. Please leave me alone. I don't want to die. Yeah. So then we go away from Matt puking and Brigitte Dahl to Tom being like, he's got the tight <laughs> to Rand. Which, again, so funny because he's saying it to Rand, who literally channeled, like we talked about in the last episode, like 45 minutes ago, screen time-wise, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was very funny, uh, just from our point of view, Mm -hmm. but it was an interesting thing. Tom made some good points. I do like the Tom's like, I'll stick with you as much as I can. And it kind of shows where Tom's coming from Mm -hmm. in terms of that. But I wish we got more normal Tom before we kind of get to that traumatic backstory Mm -hmm. element. You want to be more comfortable with him before you're vulnerable like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Especially when he's, like, giving extremely graphic detail, like, he just picked up a kitchen knife and slit his own throat at the table. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. That's dark. <laughs> gritty Tom is gritty. Mm-hmm. Grimdark. But that's leading up very strongly to what happens to Loghain at the end of the episode, which, like, presumably oh, yeah. you've seen the episode if you're listening to this. If not, you made some dumb choices. You have to live with that. <laughs> um... But yeah, building the Owen story into the episode where Logan gets gentled, I think is really smart. No, th- that is a good point. Mm-hmm. And I think giving some foreshadowing for what it looks like when men start to channel for Rand clearly starting to channel is also smart. Yes. So the Owen backstory works well in that way. It does both. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really funny to see them trying to make it seem like Matt's the one that's channeling because especially for somebody who's never read the books, you don't know. You might think, yeah, maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think you would at least be sus because the puke thing he does is so obviously Mashadar. Yes. Like, as long as you remember what Mashadar looked like, it's so obviously Mashadar. So I think you'd be a little sus of that, but, hmm. They really do tug at your heartstrings, though, when uh, when you think for a second that Matt killed the entire family. 
That was upsetting as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a few cutscenes away. Because we're bouncing around like nobody's business this episode. Oh, yay. My favorite part of yeah. this show. Yeah, we jump back to the Aes Sedai. I really liked Lan. You always get emotional when I drink. I thought that, <laughs> that was, was funny that and was, was a cool way to kind of world build the water bond a little. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was fun. Which, um, which was really one of the best parts of the episode was mm-hmm. getting to explore the water bond more. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more of the dynamics of the Aes Sedai as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing I wrote down from that section of the Aes Sedai. So we jump to Perrin and Egwene. Ela talking about her daughter, Aram's mother. Really the only convincing bit with the Tinkers so far. Mm-hmm. Like that, w- that was good. We started to really build into the Tuathan and like what the way of the leaf is and things like that. So I thought that was really cool. I think that's going to be a big thing for Perrin going forward, similar to how it is in the books. Because he's like, when she's like an axe and he's like, yes, flinches. And she's like an axe. Has it ever made your life better? And he's obviously like, no. <laughs> but... I think that'll be an interesting thing for Perrin to deal with. Um, so they're lying. They're lying. Um, Rand and Matt. They're lying down. They're sleeping in the barn. And Rand's just like, just so you know, I'm here, right? And I think that is horrendous, considering the way Matt in the book acts <laughs> when he finds out that Rand can channel. He's such a bitch about it. He's such a bitch about it. But when Rand thinks that Matt can channel, he's just like... It's okay, I'm here, I'm your friend, I'll be here for you, no matter what. And Matt's just like, fuck you! I feel like there's a homosexuality allegory we could put in here. Potentially. <laughs> um, or homophobia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a there's that whole article we were going to do a whole thing on about um, how channeling the power is an allegory for yeah. homosexuality, potentially. And the taint is AIDS or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday we'll do that episode. Might uh, happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> About the same time we ever finish one of our sub-series. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then we have the whole thing where they wake up and Matt's not there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We run inside and yeah, they really make you think that Matt killed all the Grinwells. I'm pretty sure I was like angrily shouting at the TV at Oh, we were point. mad. Like, we were upset. It's like, no, what? Like, it's like, this is not what the shit. dagger makes him do. This is insane. There's probably going to be a thing later where Rand angrily goes, like, how do I know you didn't do it? And it wasn't just the Fae that showed up. But yeah, like, I see you stuff. Was he's really creepily standing there with his eyes all weird holding the dagger? That was kind of fun and interesting. Does that maybe give us a little bit of a basis for when Padden Fane gets Mashadar and he's, like, Mm. pinning up Fades and stuff? Oh, maybe. Establishing it as a Mm -hmm. separately, a slightly separate evil? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say so. Because that that really did seem like Matt being possessed by Mashadar because he was yeah. acting and talking weird, right? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, we talked about this in our live chat yesterday. I really like Barney Harris's Matt, which makes me mm. very sad that he's not going to be around for season two. I actually do kind of have a complaint about Barney mm-hmm. Harris's Matt, though. Yeah. I don't know who's replacing him for season two is my big thing. No, I don't remember. I'm going to have to um, Google it while you talk but he this this isn't necessarily his choice he might be being told to play it like this mm-hmm. but i kind of really hate the gamer neck and the slack jaw and the mm-hmm. mumbly grumbly dour kind of mm-hmm. it just it's not doing it for me yeah every once in a while he's giving off vibes of like 
<laughs> like Twitter and cap libertarian kind of hmm. gross dude. That Part I of that's love. just because he's dirty. Yeah. It just, it's just a vibe sometimes that I haven't always appreciated. And I'm like, you could be more like book Matt. Okay. So it's Donald Finn. Um, oh, he was in that episode of The Witcher we just watched where he's like, I'll pay you for the oh, demon thing. Yeah, that's who new Matt's going to be. That's weird. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and that's basically the most well-known thing he's done. But apparently they're going to try to make the transition seamless. And I'm like, hmm, doubt. <laughs> um, Me thinking of times I've heard other franchises say that. Yeah. Versus it's how not many times gonna... it works. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But... Ugh, okay, yeah, I don't like, I don't like people being recast, it just... It sucks. It sucks. Um, okay. My phone screen went off, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, okay. Uh, Tom fighting the Fade was cool and, like, being like, get out, get out. That that was good. Yeah, so that was obviously... The White Bridge moment. The White Bridge moment, so I'm like, okay, we're not going to White Bridge. Which, damn... Could have been a nice visual. Yeah, I, I think the White Bridge set would have been really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the moment where we thought that Matt killed the Grinwells, we were upset. Horrible. We were we were mad. Um, they flee, obviously. They definitely think Tom's dead. Uh, the doll as they rode away. Oh, that was just hurtful. That that just, yeah, it hurt. It That's hurt. bad. Um, so we flip back to the Aes Sedai. And I had a prediction. I thought that Leandrin was going to specifically sabotage the shield to let Loghain out. Mm-hmm. I thought she was probably going to kill Kareen Kareni, uh, to do it. Because that was who she was with at the time. Yeah. Just so she had the excuse to gentle him. Um, I then was very intrigued by Neve's backstory. Because she had that moment with Lan where he told yes. her what the old tongue meant. And I'm like, what is up with Nynaeve? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, I really want more details on what her backstory is. Um, and then I found out that I was deeply wrong about Leandrin. <laughs> uh, I, she did not intentionally <sighs> sabotage anything. Alternate title of The Great Hunt. If you made it from the girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was deeply wrong about Leandro. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, Kareen sacrificed herself. I hated it. Obviously, it was necessary for Moraine. Yeah. But then we get into this whole sort of thing where Leandrin's about to burn herself out trying to keep Loghain in prison. Because yeah. he's like, she's like, he killed our sister. And I'm like, that does not sound like dark friend Leandrin to me. Mm-mm. Is Leandrin not a dark friend? I'm I'm very curious about whether she's still a dark friend. And if she is, that was so not in character. Unless she's just playing it really, really well. Do you know what I mean? But burning yourself out? Yeah. Like, Leandrin would never. Unless she was confident it wouldn't actually be necessary. Mm-mm. But, like, she, she was getting that. We saw her cheeks glowing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. Oh, okay. Stepping running in to kill Loghain and destroying the shield and now everything's oh, ruined. Stupid. That was stupid. That was that was dumb water. I said I died going stupid and crazy. Which, in character, in canon. Yeah, it's, it's what happens. Yeah, and then Lan's just like dying and we're like... So you had two predictions for what was going to happen at this time. One like, of which was accurate. I was like, oh, Balefire, man. Ah, uh, he like, was like, Moraine's gonna bail fire somebody, and well, it's like, gonna turn back time. 
Which, like, imagine she bail-fired Logan and he's just gone for the rest of the series. Yeah, really, though. Because, like, I don't know who else she would have fucking bail-fired. Um, let's step in. <laughs> um, and then the actual correct thing were Nynaeve channeled like a badass. Um, <laughs> so channeled so hard she unbraided her hair. <laughs> Uh, it was very cool. There were some interesting visual choices, but overall it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked the bit where, like, Moraine had come in and be like, your power will be like a candle flame, or, like, <laughs> yeah. to her, and then he's like, Nynaeve channels, and then she does that, which, like, I just like to point out, he can't see her weaves, um, so... They made a whole point of putting that in earlier in the episode, Yeah. But, like, so I don't know how he saw the giant light things that were happening around her, but she's alas. She's dragon. Yeah. And she's channeling. Yeah. And then everybody. Sidon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then everybody links with Leandrin, and she gentles Logan as fuck, and we see some people maybe not so happy that that happened at the end. Yes. But um, I really like the ending to that episode. I found that it gave the episode momentum because it didn't have a lot of momentum for most of it. Because again, we have the weird pacing thing between plot lines. It's just dragging between little tiny unnecessary scenes for so long. Yeah. And then that last section happened and we're like, holy shit. And and the timing of it worked pretty well between the battle Mm -hmm. and then the actual confrontation with Loghain. Yes. And the Grinwells. Mm-hmm. Yes, it all works pretty well there, which is why we obviously did not go back to Perrin and Egwene, because yes. that would have cut all the momentum, which is what happened at the end of the last episode. We cut to not exciting things happening with Lan- or Lana, Moraine, and Nynaeve, and it was just suddenly done. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought Alana was really cool. You noticed something about Alana's character that I didn't notice when we watched it. Oh, yeah. I just... Alana... Um, I didn't remember where she was from in the books, mm-hmm. but I noticed that she was wearing uh, bells in her braids in mm-hmm. the Arafel style, and I was like, yeah. shame, you need to check to see if she's from Arafel, because otherwise was. they're fucking up the world yeah. building, man. But she is from Arafel, so it worked. So it worked. It gave me that detail in a really subtle way, mm-hmm. um, even though I hadn't remembered it from the books. You mm-hmm. know, it was. I thought it was a nice Yeah, the, the little details in there are good. And that's a way to put it in kind of innocuously in a mm-hmm. way that the dragon fang in episode one was not so much. Yes. Um, I do like the way the Aes Sedai overall are dressing, especially when they're out in the field and stuff. It's like, pretty it, well fine, yeah. It makes more sense than them wearing these elaborate gowns all the time and shit like that. Like, women it's wear just, pants. Who fucking cares? It's just not very true to Robert Jordan's vision. And that's okay. <laughs> I mean, they really could have buffed this up to like a 25-season show if they'd just been really, really particular about who was wearing what dresses mm-hmm. every episode. Well, they wouldn't have to describe it. they just show it. Yeah, no, but, like, think about how many individual characters they'd have to be juggling just to show you all the correct number of The poor of wardrobe department. Yes, exactly. Um, apparently they're planning for eight seasons. And I'm like, there was 14 books. You cut a lot of the slump there, eh? <laughs> oh my god. Don't say the slump. They say if you say the slump three times in a mirror in the dark. Robert Jordan twi- appears. Twitter of time comes out <laughs> the mirror to tell you. There's no slump. I didn't notice a slump. You notice when it ends. I'll tell you that. Um, you so do. Yeah. But those are all my notes from episode four. Um, do we have any other kind of specific thoughts? Generally fairly positive. Mm-hmm. 
Like, there wasn't a whole lot to dislike. I, it was definitely my favorite of the four so far. I'd like to see a little more range in what channeling looks like. Yes. The battle got a little monotonous because it was just like, ground blows up, ground blows up, shoot Fire an arrow, ball. ground yeah. blows up. Yeah. You know, like, uh-huh. No, I get that. And considering how much fighting happens in this series, if that's all it ever looks like, that's going to get old mm-hmm. really quickly. I think as we start to get more and more powerful channelers, we'll start to have some diversity with that. Like, we see Rand doing really intricate things where he makes fucking death gates and shit. Yeah. That's going to get cool. I, 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 I hope so. I hope so. Mm-hmm. So, we talked about this in our live chat yesterday, and I think we should discuss it here as sure, well. Sure, sure. Do you think that Rand will still be the Dragon Reborn? Mm, he fucking better be. That's all that, I'm saying, Rafe that Jenkins. Is, yes, I agree. Because if he's not, this series changes so dramatically and so much that it's not the same series anymore. You can't call it the Wheel of Time. You have to call it inspired by the Wheel of Time. At a certain point, it's not the same story. And I think uh-huh. Rand being the dragon mm-hmm. That is, is too large of a change. Yeah. For it to be the same story. Absolutely. It, it's like if Forrest Gump was neurotypical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not the same story mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. No, it's, absolutely. Uh, 100%. It's if the dwarves got the one ring instead of the hobbits, you know? Yeah. We established that that would be a thing that made us stop watching the show. Yes. That would be our Game of Thrones moment. That's our boycott. Yeah. Boycott line. Uh Uh-huh. Rand's not the Dragon Reborn. We're done. We're over it. (laughs) Over it. I won't defend it anymore. No. No, no, no. Um, Any predictions for episode five? Mm. I think Perrin Egwene have to leave the Tinkers during that episode. God. Like, if they don't... They have to, really. There has to be some wolf development, at the very least, or they get to uh, Tarvalon. Which would be... That seems like it would be very, very rushed, but we still have to deal with all the shit with the ways. Yeah, yeah, the the pacing of the overall story also just feels very weird, so it's hard to be like, this is what'll happen next. Mm -hmm. Because, for all we know, the next episode, they could be in the eye of the world. Mm -hmm. Just because that's how they decided to play it. Like... No, for sure. Because they're very fast and loose with who is where at what time. Yes. Also, if Loyal looks like what he looks like in that image, I'm going to be very mad. And I really hope that based on the entirety of how everyone has reacted to it, there is some frantic re-CGI-ing happening as quickly as possible. Um, But, so predictions for episode five, I think that Perrin... And Egwene have to leave the Tuathon. Otherwise, their plotline is just going to stagnate so much. There needs to be some wolf development specifically for Perrin. It would be nice to see Elias, but I don't think it's happening at this point. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's probably just getting written out as a character. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how the Aes Sedai treat Nynaeve. Yes. It's either going to be an issue where she's a wilder, we don't fucking want her. And, you know, it makes it very easy for Maureen to take her away. Or they see that she was insanely fucking powerful. Yeah. And it's going to be very difficult for Maureen to take her away. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, random Matt. So there's going to be angst and trauma over Tom, <clears throat> presumably being dead. Um, so Matt's going to get a lot bitchier. Yeah, Matt's obviously going to get a lot bitchier. Um, I feel like Rand is going to ask questions about the dagger. And he's also going, because we saw it. 
at the end and I think that Rand's also going to get a little bitchy towards Matt in some ways where Matt acts bitchy and Rand says some things about, well, how do I know you didn't kill them? I got an absolutely wild ball prediction for episode five. Yeah, sure. It is with it. Rand and Matt in Camelin meet in meeting Elaine. I don't think she's in season one. And loyal. No, I know. That's why it's a wild ball. It's a... Yeah. It's, this, this is well, just... Well, that's the thing. There's only eight episodes. Yeah, I know. We're now halfway through. So, like... I'm just saying. I, that's my prediction. Hopefully, Loyal will show up at some point soon. I dream it because I believe it. Mm. I wish it because I do it. Dream it. It would be very cool if they actually got reunited in this episode. But I'd that would also it. feel very, very fast-paced. Yeah, in fact, forced. Exactly. I don't see any way in which they actually all come back together. No, not. Properly. Maybe episode six. Yeah. It'd have to, episode five would have to do a lot of work, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking like the end of episode six. Mm, that's fair. Like right at the end and then... Episode 7 8, they're all together and we have time to do shit there. I have a hot take. Mm-hmm. I have a hot take. Hit us with your hot take, Dan. This show feels like watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> That's... I can't explain it. The weed is speaking through me. The weed weaves. The weed weaves. And I just feel like that's how it's paced and like that's the... Fair enough. Fast and loose. Yeah, yeah, it feels more Walking Dead than Game of Thrones or The Witcher. Yeah, super valid, which is interesting because The Witcher had about the same amount of episodes. It might have had 10, but like... It worked way harder to juggle plot lines Mm -hmm. and timelines in a way that seemed... Balanced. Balanced. Mm -hmm. The the Wheel of Time just has not figured out. Yeah, I think they're a little bit screwed, especially right now, because they have to be handling at least three plot lines. Yes. But it doesn't give me a ton of hope for later in the series for when there's even more plot lines. But I'm hoping that at least with those ones, they can split them a little bit between episodes so we don't see everybody every single episode, which is a little bit more so how Game of Thrones handled it because they had a fuckload of plot lines too. There would be like some main focuses for each episode. And and it's kind of sad to see that they're actually kind of bumbling the pacing through these separate Mm -hmm. plot lines in the way that they have been yeah because i love that part in the first book actually Mm -hmm. where they all get separated yeah because it feels like robert jordan flexing a little bit just to Mm -hmm. see can i break them apart Yeah, just a little easy bit and then weave them back together okay that was Mm -hmm. fine and then in the great hunt he goes fuck yeah and whips them apart yeah and And the world explodes but it works again. Yeah. And then from like Shadow Rising onwards, he's it's just fucked because he's he's now tried two different experiments of varying mm-hmm. lengths that yeah. shows he can do it. And then he goes nuts on it. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like they can do it right. So you're right. It is scary to think how are they going to balance it. When there's even more. When it's Knife of Dreams content. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. Um, That's any, any further thoughts? Or... I've had too much sweet stuff and my teeth hurt. Valid. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weed of Time podcast, and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord at the Weed of Time, and check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like our monthly live chat for our Tier 3 patrons. Woo. If you have a second to rate and review our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, remember that the weed weaves as the weed wills. Bye.
Seen a daybreak, leaning on my pillow in the morning. 